Welcome to Journey South Bay. Thank you for inviting us in to listen to God's Word. Take a moment to get comfortable, sit back, and relax as we listen to today's message. Hi everyone, uh, I'm Dana McGaw and I'm going to be reading the scripture today. So if you're able to, can you please um, stand to, to hear the, the scripture? Okay, um, we're going to be hearing it from Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And then continuing to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for the God by the Spirit. Amen. So you guys can be seated now. Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm going to leave this on. Is that correct? Or should I turn it off? Well, we have a busy morning today. This is an expression of, of God's goodness on Journey South Bay. So I've been a friend for a long time, almost like your crazy uncle that comes in every once in a while, and uh, dysfunctional as all your other uncles. So, uh, but it's great to be here. It's, it's been a little, over, a little bit over a year since your founding pastor retired. Can you believe it's been almost, oh, it's been over a year? So he's still trying to find his way in retirement. He doesn't know what to do himself. You guys kept him so busy. He doesn't know what to do now with himself, but uh, he's been doing a lot of traveling and spending time with family, and it's, uh, he's coming along. He's making a great transition, and he still loves you deeply. He remembers you fondly, and just all the years of sweat and tears that he put into this place, uh, he'll never forget that, and you're very special to him. So, And I have the privilege of bringing the message today. We're going to have a, a couple of baptisms, and we're going to have some people uh, becoming members of your church, all of an expression of the church of Jesus Christ, of his body. And so we're going to have multiple, um, I'm going to talk about the church first and have several uh, verses. There's, so there's not one particular passage. We'll have them up all on the screen this morning. And, you know, I just noticed when I was standing there, um, I know today's a Super Bowl, and I had, really, I did not plan this to wear Rams colors. I did not know, I did not do this on purpose. I just realized that, like, wait, I've got their colors of their Rams. So... But would you join me in prayer? Lord, we're grateful for what you're doing here in the South Bay through Journey South Bay. This was a place that was planted years ago to be a beacon of light in this area. And today is we're celebrating your goodness as we bring people into membership and then, and then celebrate baptisms. This is what it's, it's about. You've called us to make disciples of the world and this is what it's about. So today, would you encourage our hearts? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we want to talk a little bit about what is the church, and because being a Christian is not only a matter of believing, it's a matter of belonging. 
You don't want to be an orphan and just say, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to come to Christ, and I'm just going to do my own thing and sit around, and I'll read the Bible, and I'll just listen to a couple of sermons somewhere online during the week, and I'll be okay. There has to be a commitment to a local body. We belong to the global body of Christ, but ultimately, we have to belong to a local body. Not loco, local body. Although we're all dysfunctional, right? So maybe in some ways, that's the way it goes. Ephesians 2 18 and 19 say this, For through him, Christ, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Not only do you have a biological family, but you have a spiritual family that's going to last forever. Isn't that amazing? That's Something that we ought to contemplate that forever we will be worshiping together. That something happened when we believed in Jesus Christ that when he gave us his Holy Spirit that he transformed us, that we became spiritually awake. The Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses and sin before. Just following the ways of the world, we were in the world without God and without hope. And yet when we invited Jesus into our life, he gave us hope. And now... We have that Holy Spirit that can guide us through the rest of our life. In Acts 2, 42 and 46, it says, And they, the church, the new believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. It's this fellowship, it's this growing, it's this teaching time. They're trying to figure out what in the world this all is. They were, had everything in common, the Bible says. They were sharing things. And many people were coming to Christ as they were seeing the way that they were living out their faith in Christ. People said, I want to be part of that. My family members are being transformed. I want to know what the secret is. I'm going to come. And, and the church began to grow. So let's look at what is the church. The first thing I wrote here, and and many of you already know these points. These are nothing uh, new for you, but it's good to refresh our memory. I always think that as Christians, we need to remind ourselves. Do you remember uh, uh, Vince Lombardi, the, the, the coach of the Green Bay Packers that won several Super Bowls? And he would start every season with these big football players that won even the, the championship before, and he'd hold up the football, and he said, men, this is a football Right? He'd go back to the basics again because the games were won by carrying out the, basic, the basics of football. And some, sometimes for us, we need to be reminded, I think I need to be reminded regularly about numerous things that I need to spend time with God every day. I need to be reminded regularly about that. And so this is kind of a, a refresher for us. What is the church? So the first thing that we see here that the word church comes from the Greek word ekklesia, and literally means assembly. It's a gathering. They didn't know what to call it at the beginning. We call it church and we understand it now. But back in the day, it's like, what, what, uh, hey, there's a gathering. Let's go. Just like in Costa Rica, many people didn't know what a sermon was. So we just used the word talk or charla. We'd say, hey, we're going to have a talk. And everybody would understand that it says a sermon. What is that weird thing? And so this is kind of that word of, of assembling together. Matthew 18.20 says... For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. He is here this morning. He is with us. He is in our midst. 
He knows what you're thinking. He knows who you're with. He knows all about the relationship with the person next to you. He knows everything about us, and he's with us, and he loves when we come together and worship his name. And when we sang that song, I Believe, he loves to hear the praises of his people when they come together and worship him. The second thing that the church is called the body of Christ. Therefore, it's an organism, not an organization, although we have to have organization and we have to have elders and decisions and finances and all that kind of stuff. It's a body, not a business. Look at what it says in Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. So we may have many churches around. I'm a pastor at Rolling Hills Covenant Church, with, and there's deep roots uh, with you guys here. But uh, that might be different local bodies, but we're all one body in Christ. We all belong to the same body. Colossians 1, 12, and 13 says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Isn't that an amazing promise? That you and me get to share in the inheritance of the saints. Now, do you feel like a saint today? You don't look like one. I don't feel like one. But that's what the Bible calls us. Not because of how great we are, but because of who Jesus is, that we have his holiness in our life. He calls us saints. So I like to think of that when before Christ, I was a sinner saved by grace. But now I'm a saint who sins. Totally different perspective. And I'll keep sinning until I get to heaven. And in heaven, there's not even going to be temptation. Isn't that going to be awesome? Looking forward to that. But he says that he has made us inheritance of the saints. And notice verse 13, he says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You know that you can pray, you can access God because he's forgiven your sin. He's made a way to talk to him. This sinful person can come before this holy God because of what Jesus has done. He has delivered me from the domain of darkness. It no longer has hold on me. Satan can maybe whisper in my ear. He might be able to oppress me. He might be able to tempt me, but he can never take me away from my position and who I am in him. And Jesus will always call me his child. Satan wants me to think that I'm not. Like, oh, he's given up on you. He's never given up on you. He says, uh, Paul put it this way in Philippians 1.6, for I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it, will mature it until the day of Jesus Christ. He never gives up on you. That's Satan's lie that he's given up on you. That's a promise. But he's delivered us from the domain of darkness. The next point, the third one is, every person who has received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, is a member of the global body of Christ. Never forget that. I've been around the world. And everywhere I go, I connect immediately with those that are believers. I remember being on a bus in the middle of nowhere in Egypt, and I met these Christians on there. It's like an instant bond. Why? They're my brothers and sisters in Christ. It's amazing. Ephesians 1.13 says, In him you also, when you heard the truth, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, 
and believed in him, you put your active trust in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Boy, he's given that to us. Without the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't be able to do a lot of stuff. We wouldn't be able to worship. We wouldn't be able to have victory over sin. We wouldn't be able to work on stuff in our life. So we're grateful for that. The fourth thing is that the church is not a building. When people ask you, hey, what church do you go to? Right away you think, what building, what corner? You know, I'm on the corner of whatever, X, Y, and Z. Uh, but, but the church is not a building. Yeah, we meet in a building to make it comfortable for us, to make it a place where we can come, get out of the elements from outside and being in a cozy place like this church to fellowship but to worship God. But many people in the world don't have a comfortable place like this. Most countries do not have places like this. This is an amazing place. 1 Corinthians 3.9 says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Wherever believers are meeting, that's God's building. It doesn't have to be, it can be a little shack. It could be outdoors around some tables or around uh, even on the floor in India where they meet. I was talking to some missionaries recently who work on, uh, they have social media. They work on social media. So they live in Arizona. But they have impact in the MENA region, which means Middle East and North Africa. Amazing things are happening. And they said that in the Muslim world, more is happening right now than in the past five years. Saudi Arabia, Libya, Tunisia, Afghanistan. And how do they do it? Through Facebook and Instagram and other social media. It's amazing what's happening. And these people that would have to give up their life if people found out that they converted to Christianity, they're quiet, but through this Facebook and this network, they're finding out that there's other believers in town, and now there's, little, there's a church in one of the most um, religious spots in the world, I don't want to say it online, that you would not believe is happening, 60 believers. They don't all meet at the same time, but that's a church. They're getting together. They're finding out on Facebook, wow, there's another Christian down the road. And they're starting to meet. It's amazing. So it's connecting believers with other believers also. And he says, we have to go out with fishing nets, not with fishing rods, because there's so much work going on. Another uh, young gal who's one of our missionaries in, in Paris, but reaches out also to the MENA region, Middle East and, and North Africa, she says last year, 29,000 people committed their life to Jesus Christ in a very dark place. And God is raising these churches and people, but churches not as we would know them. They're just meeting in homes. God is on, on the march. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, and we read this earlier. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens but you are fellow citizens with saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together, is it mortar and bricks? No, it's through the Holy Spirit. Being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place. Uh, for, let's see, let's, in him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus told his disciples, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He said, I, not you and me, he says, I, will, I 
And says, will. I'm going to do it. I'm going to carry it out. When I say I do something, I'm going to do it. And he says, I will build. And he's doing it all over the world. And he's doing it here through you as well. The fifth thing that the church is, is it's not a religion. It's an expression of a living relationship with Christ. The moment we lose that, and even the way that Alex opened up today about worshiping God, the moment we lose perspective on that, that I have to come to church to check the box, you've missed the meaning. He wants to come together so that we can together as a, as a body express our love and our worship to him and to glorify him. John 1.12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. How do you become the children of God? Because people say everybody's a child of God. No, everybody's a creature of God. He's created all. But who are those that are children? Those who believed in him, put their active faith in him. He says he gave them the right. So the day that we recognize I'm a sinner, I need a savior because I can't make it to heaven on my own. And I want to, and I recognize that Jesus is that savior, that he died for me. When I do that, and I put my active faith in that, then he comes into my life, gives me the Holy Spirit, and I become his child. And finally, the church is a family. Dysfunctional as it may, it's a family. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. That's what he wants from us. He wants us to, to know each other to a certain place where we can encourage one another. The Bible says that faithful are the wounds of a friend or iron sharpens iron. That we need people in our life that know us well enough to be able to confront us, to be able to encourage us, to be able to point out sin in our life. We open ourselves up to that. So it says, let us consider. And that word consider is, is uh, it comes from the Greek word like skopos, like telescope or microscope right so you want people to know to, to know you well enough that they can scope you out basically is what it is and point things out in your life let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works and one more thing about that to stir up is really um, uh, I can't even think of the word um, what do you call those things on a boot when you're on a horse spur thank you the word is spur one another on Right? So when the spur hits the horse, the horse moves, and that's what we ought to be doing to each other, spurring each other on, right? encouraging each other on. And then verse 25 says, Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of son, some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Hey, as Jesus is coming soon, hopefully, that this should encourage us to live more for him, to glorify him together. So what are the purposes of his church? So this is what we've defined a little bit about what the church is. And there's probably more things that we can say about the church. But the first one is fellowship. The purpose of this is to fellowship. When you're in family, you want to talk about things, get to know one another Ephesians 2.19 says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So the first purpose of the church is fellowshipping. And not just getting together and talking about the Rams game. That's great. That's part of it, okay? 
but it's about how's your life doing? You know, what is God teaching you this week? What did you learn in the Word this week? Fellowshipping how great our God is or maybe the difficulties that we're going through. The second purpose is teaching. It's to know and apply God's Word. That's why you come, to hear God's Word. But notice that it says to apply the word, the statistic that I hate the most as a pastor is that people forget 95% of what they hear within three days. So whatever I said today in three days from now, you're not going to remember anything except for a joke, maybe. I don't know. See? That's why you want to apply it. You want to take a little bit of notes. You want to listen to it. You want to go and maybe I'm going to memorize that particular verse and that will go deeper in you. Because as you are word-filled, you will be spirit-filled. Okay? Because the same manifestations of, the, of being filled with the Spirit are the same manifestations as being filled with the Word of God. Right? It guides you. The third purpose would be service. It's supplying the needs of the brethren. Titus 3.14 says, And let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not be fruitful we live in a broken world and when people come through these doors they're searching for people to help them yeah they're searching for Christ ultimately but they want to know does anybody care and as you serve people they will know that the fourth purpose is evangelism it's taking the good news of Christ to a needy world and including our neighbors Mark 16 15 and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel of the whole creation. You know, one beautiful thing that this pandemic has done is taken us online and we're reaching more people around the globe um, unintentionally, but that's the way that it's worked. And I know our Spanish congregation is uh, on Sunday mornings has like about five different countries and people from around Mexico and the United States meeting. And uh, we just had a gal get baptized who came to the Lord in Ecuador listening or joining online. So more people are coming to Christ around the world through these online formats. And then the last one, the purpose, is really worship. It really comes all out of worship. As we glorify God, we do all the rest of it. But it's to glorify God for who he is and what he does. John 17, 4, I glorified you on earth, Jesus said. He's talking to the Father. Having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And here's the challenging verse for me, as it would for you. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or watch the Rams game or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So let me bring it down to you because we know that at this 15,000 foot level, we know what the church is, we know what the purposes of the church are, but let me bring it down to your level. How do these things manifest in you? So here's all five of them on the slide here. Here's Christ's purposes for you. So when it comes to fellowship, are you connected? How do you hold the brethren near and dear to your heart? Is that what you do? Do you pray for people here at this church? 
Do you seek people out? So you want to bring that in a practical way to you. The teaching. Do I allow the Word of God to be the center of my affections, thoughts, and decisions? How does the Word of God affect my daily life? Is it something I read and I forget about or I just do it on Sundays here? How does it change my mind? Has it been changing my philosophy? Has it been changing my marriage? The way that I do parenting, the way that I do business? Does it change me? And then when it comes to service, do I invest my gifts and abilities to edify my spiritual family? And then evangelism. Is the eternal destiny of my neighbor a priority? Do I really pray for my neighbor? Yeah, I pray that the house falls on him. <laughs> that doesn't work. Yeah. Maybe he's not a great neighbor. Maybe you need to pray for him a little bit more, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that really a priority for me? His eternal destiny. And then worship. Do I express my love for God continually? Maybe when you're going in the car, maybe throughout the day. Maybe even as you pray for the food, instead of saying the same canned prayer for food, maybe being grateful and worshiping him so your kids can hear it in a different way. How's that happening in your life? Are you glorifying God? Are you uplifting him as you go? In spite of failing throughout the week and, and not doing everything just right and, and, and not perfectly obedient, but Lord, I want to glorify you. Lord, I need your help. Would you help me? I can't do this without you. Thank you that you have freed me from the power of darkness. Thank you for your forgiveness that I can come before you right now because you've forgiven me. You have been away from me. So that's something to contemplate as you go out today. Hopefully the 5% the that you remember this week are these five things. How can make this, how can I make this part of my life? Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we're so thankful that we are members and we're not strangers anymore to your body. That you call us children. That you've given us your Holy Spirit. I don't see how the God of the universe can reside in my heart. But it, that's what your word says. And we're so grateful. And Lord, we want this church of Journey South Bay to be stronger than ever. I pray that we would personally each one here implement these five things or maybe take one this week and just say I'm going to focus on this and next week another one so that we can truly grow and be everything that you want us to be as a church you have your hand upon this place you love your children and you want the best for them but sometimes we're the ones that get in the way so we want to come to you and say Lord is there anything in me that you need to work in I give you free reign in my life to point things out in my life to do what you need to do. And Lord, as we continue to celebrate today, we pray that we would be uplifted, recognizing that you make it possible to become members in your family because of what you did on the cross. We are eternally grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed this message, we invite you to subscribe to the RSS podcast feed. This will let you know when a new message has been posted. You can also look for us on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram at Journey South Bay. Until next time, God bless.